Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the Profit Podcast. Everything NFL and fantasy football related all season long with your host, Calvin Wright. All right, XFL Week 3 is in the books, and let's just hop right in with some analysis of each game, giving you some oversight of each player, the positions, who is excelling in this league, what team has a lot to work on, and just just some thoughts on the XFL so far. So let's just jump right in. Houston Roughnecks versus the Tampa Bay Vipers. That was the first game of the week. In this game, the Vipers, they looked a lot better than they had the past two weeks. They were yet to score an offensive touchdown. They put up 27 points, which is pretty good. But the quarterback position remains an Achilles heel for this team. Taylor Cornelius, only 52% completion percentage, 193 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. That is not a good game. That is not good enough to win. Quinton Flowers, he uh, completed four four completions for 25 yards or 50 yards. 25 was his longest, no touchdown, and then he did run one in. So it's just, it's, they don't have a good passer right now. They don't have anyone who can consistently throw the ball. Aaron Murray should be back soon from his injury, but will they stay with Cornelius or Flowers or Murray? We don't know yet. It's all up in the air. We thought coming into the season that Aaron Murray was the go-to starter, but things are looking to to go Flowers' way, actually. I would expect them to give Flowers a start this coming week against the defenders, but it's definitely something to keep an eye on the quarterback position. Now, running back-wise, wasn't great. Corne- off Flowers, he got the 29 yards in the touchdown, and then Cornelius also had 33 yards in touchdown rushing. Davion Smith, only 49 yards, and Patrick, only 18 yards, so not a whole lot of uh, production on the ground game. Really, the bright spot on this team was Tolliver. Uh, he Jalen Tolliver had another great game. I think it was targeted 13 times for eight receptions and 104 yards. So that is a good game from Tolliver. And then Dan Williams had another touchdown. So they've got two good receivers. But apart from that, not much that's exciting me on the Vipers' side of the ball. I think they could be good if they can fix the quarterback pos- uh, position, but that's a big if. Now the Roughnecks, holy smokes, P.J. Walker is great. He He's really by far the best player in this league, at least quarterback position-wise. He's he's on a different level than most of the other XFL quarterbacks. I think he'll be in the NFL soon. He had 306 yards, three touchdowns, uh, 67% completion percentage, added another 34 yards and a touchdown on the ground. Another great game. And his teammate Cam Phillips, huge game. 10 targets, 8 receptions for 194 yards and three touchdowns, Phillips' second straight three-touchdown game. He is developing into a star, and P.J. Walker and Phillips are developing into by far the best duo in the XFL, but one of the best quarterback receiving duo in the sport, college, NFL, XFL. They have chemistry. They are getting it done, and they are torching everyone they've gone against. I think both of these guys, if they can keep it up, will make it to the NFL soon. For the running game... Uh, Butler had a pretty good game, seven attempts for 72 yards. They just don't run it well. Or, or no, they run it well. They just don't run it a lot. They're 
a lot like the Kansas City Chiefs in that they have efficient, good running, but they don't run the ball a lot. It's it's much more efficiency over volume in Houston, and it is working so far. They are the last undefeated team in the XFL. They've gone over the over in each game uh, betting-wise, so they are just on fire, and Phillips and Walker don't seem to be slowing down whatsoever. So another great win for the Roughnecks. I look that I think they will continue to do this. Uh, go against the Renegades, which is a harder battle. Dallas looked good this week, but I think Walker is good enough that they could honestly go undefeated at this point. There isn't another team that is at the same level right now, offensively at least, as Houston. So let's move on to the Dallas Renegades versus the Seattle Dragons, the second game of the week. The Dragons, they came off hot. Silvers threw a touchdown at Austin Prohl. And Prohl, he looks good, 81 yards and a touchdown. I think he could be uh, gunning for a shot in the NFL, too, on one of those teams that, you know, needs slot guys. But Brandon Silvers, not nothing spectacular. It's it's like I said in my quarterback analysis at the beginning of the season, Brandon Silvers is just okay, and that's that's what Brandon Silvers is. If, if the other teammates come together and make incredible plays, Brandon Silvers is good enough to win. But if not, he's not good enough to win a game on his own. So 204 yards, two touchdowns, and the interception, just a, a pretty good, bad, you know, just a very, very mediocre outing once again from Silvers. Uh, Rushing-wise, this is interesting. Gardner and Williams both had eight attempts, and then Kenneth Farrow had six. Gardner was the most productive with 37 yards. I am interested to see how they play this backfield going uh, throughout the year because it's very split right now. But Gardner, he's seeing more and more volume each week, and I think by the end of the season he could be the main back in this offense just because he is so incredibly explosive. But I want to see them get the running backs a little more involved in the passing game. If they can utilize Gardner on some screen passes, some short passes, I think this could change the offense. They need some big plays, and Gardner is the guy, so look for them to get Gardner more involved. On the Renegade side of the ball, 24-12, to they won, and they were led, really. Landry Jones came alive in the second half, 73% completion percentage, 274 yards, three touchdowns. Did throw two interceptions, but it, it, he, he got it done. Three touchdowns is a good game, and he looked pretty good, honestly, especially in the second half. Cameron Artis Payne, he continued to show that he's one of the better running backs in the league. 13 attempts, not a ton of attempts, but 80 yards for an average of 6.2. An exciting thing on the Renegade side, they have some great receivers. Prom had 101 yards, Dunbar had 56, Fagel had 39, and Payne had 32. And a lot of them are involved. Listen to the target total, 7, 11, 6, 6. That is a lot of... A lot of guys are involved. He's throwing the ball to a lot of players, which is something you like to see. You like to see these teams spread it out. They aren't dependent on one guy. So a good win for the Renegades, a good game for them. I definitely think they will lose to the Houston Roughnecks next week, but I think it will be a good game. Uh, Jones, he's one of the better quarterbacks in the league, it's looking like. And Payne is a great runner, so they'll be hard to stop. That game should be high-scoring. All right, moving on to the Sunday games, we got the St. Louis Battlehawks and the New York Guardians. The Battlehawks, I mean, what can you say? This was this was a beatdown. The Guardians, I don't have anything positive to say. They ran it fairly well, I guess. Uh, you know, 100, 100 yards, about 112 yards, I think, total offensively, which is it's okay, it's pretty good. But they did not look good at all. They used three quarterbacks, Williams, McLoin, and Perez, McLoin is truly McTerrible. 
uh, he looks so bad when he plays football. I'm sorry, but he does. 84 yards, one interception, no touchdowns, and he looked frustrated. We've seen him in the past bad-mouthing players and coaches on the sideline. He is not the man for the Guardians. I think they're going to go with Perez. He did throw the touchdown later in the game, only five attempts, but I think he's their best bet right now. So that's interesting to see how it shakes out. Uh, Receiving-wise, not much to talk about. Now, the Battlehawks side of the ball, they won 29-9. to The Battlehawks look great. They really do. Uh, Matt Jones had another great game, 15 attempts for 95 yards, 6.3 average, and a touchdown. Christine Michael got it done, too, 13 attempts for 44 yards and a touchdown, the first touchdown in the St. Louis Battlehawks' home stadium, which is cool. And then Jordan Tamu, uh, great game, you know, not his stats don't pop off the page, but he was efficient, 67% completions, 119 yards, no interceptions. They they didn't really need him to do much because this game kind of got out of hand. The kickoff return for the touchdown, the interceptions, they just kind of ran it down their throat all game, and it worked. But the Battlehawks, I would say right now, are my second team. I think they're the second best team. I say Houston Roughnecks, Battlehawks. Now this third place, it is iffy. Is it the Wildcats, the Renegades? We don't know yet. Defenders, they lost, but they still, you know, they had those two great games. So it's interesting, but those two teams are by far the two best. And the receivers, Russell, Riley, Pearson, L, they look great. They didn't get much uh, done just because they didn't need to throw the ball. But the Battlehawks look to them to continue this win streak. They go against the Dragons next week. I think they win that one. So let's move on to the DC Defenders and the LA Wildcats, the last game of the week. So. Cardell Jones, he was kind of the runner-up for MVP behind P.J. Walker. That has changed. He looked he looked terrible. Uh, 100 yards, four interceptions, no touchdowns. That is not good. He looked like a true D.C. quarterback. He looked like he could be on the Redskins. But uh, So not much to talk about. They ran the ball well, I guess. Brissette had 75 yards. Abdullah had 47. Pumphrey had 40. A lot of runners they used. They used one, two, three, four, five, six, seven different running backs. But you need a quarterback to win. And Cardell Jones, I'm not saying he's not the guy, but this was a bad game. I'm kind of right now with my thoughts for DC, I'm kind of throwing this one out a little bit. It impacts them, but they they looked so good for the first two games and then this game they just didn't look like the dc defenders we know so i'm kind of throwing it out a little bit i'm i'm gonna give cardell jones a couple couple more chances to prove himself because he looked great but but definitely worrisome because this was their first away game now on the wildcats side of the ball 39 to 9 39 points that is a good game offensively and they didn't really run the ball uh carter he did have two touchdowns and rose had one but but only 34 yards from carter and six from rose so they weren't running the ball a lot they they got it done when they did but josh johnson he looked great 72 percent completion percentage 278 yards three touchdowns no interceptions he looked phenomenal he was dropping dimes he was throwing it deep he looked like what he we wanted him to be when he was drafted by the wildcats or assigned and last week was a little disappointing. Looks like he's fully healthy and fully using this offense. He looked great. I It's going to be interesting to see if he can keep that up next week against the Guardians. I think he can. The Guardians, they've looked really bad so far. But definitely, Josh Johnson, keep an eye on him. He looks great. And then the receiving, uh, McBride, 109 yards. Spruce, 75 yards. Carter, 
41 yards. And uh, McBride had two and Carter had one touchdown. So great games, great receiving games. They have a lot of receivers that are involved and making impact plays. So Wildcats are on the move. They're moving up, and I think they can win next week against the Guardians. So it's going to be interesting. I think the defenders do bounce back against Tampa Bay. But, But the XFL... It's getting interesting. I mean, we're only three weeks in, and we've got a lot of parody, a lot of questions. Which are the real teams? Who are the pretenders? Who are the defenders? The defenders, are they pretenders? We don't know. So it's getting exciting. I'm honestly loving watching it. It's very exciting. Big plays, good plays. And keep an eye out for uh, Josh Johnson because the Wildcats, people have been sleeping on them. But with Josh Johnson back and healthy, I think they could be one of the better teams. Putting up 39 points against the defenders who had probably the best defense so far this season, don't underestimate the Wildcats. So I would probably put, if I were making rankings right now, I would put number one, Houston Roughnecks, number two, St. Louis Battlehawks, then the Wildcats, then Renegades are defenders, then it gets iffy. The Vipers are definitely last, though. <laughs> um, only team that hasn't won a game. But definitely a good week of XFL football, and we will be back next week to break down each game and tell you all about it, everything you need to know. We may be back uh, with some more NFL content as we get into March, some draft player analysis. So keep an eye on the podcast. Uh, it's about to pick up again as we get into kind of free agency in the draft season. So thank you for listening. As always, I hope you have a great week, and uh, let's go Battlehawks. <laughs>